Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 472 of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. We're by Overdrive. This is Adam, joined by Jill. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. It's like cooling down a little bit here, so I'm basically in fall mode. I've been drinking like cinnamon tea all day. I'm just like forcing it upon myself, so it's going to be like in the mid-50s tonight. I'm very excited. I know it's going to get like 106 degrees at some point in the next like three weeks again, I'm sure, but for right now, I had a hoodie on this morning. It was great. It was absolutely great. Um. Do you want to tell everyone all about like the crazy stressful thing that you're doing right now? I sort of told everyone like a miniature version last week when you weren't on the podcast. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What did you say? All I said was that you... Oh, because why I was not on the podcast? Just why you were not yeah. on yeah. yeah, we're house hunting in the middle of a pandemic. How's that going? <laughs> it's great, let me tell you. It's great. Uh, any of our Cleveland area listeners who are also house hunting or trying to sell their house are aware that this market is bananas right now. Uh-huh. Actually, if you're trying to sell your house, good for you because <laughs> I know this is uh, the time to do it. However, for those of us trying to buy a house, not great, not great. We had to like we had to like expand our our area search because I swear we have exhausted mm-hmm. <laughs> all of the available houses that are even like close to what we want and we're having those conversations like what do we not have to have right now Uh that we can maybe fix later (laughs) yeah um didn't you there was that you guys like didn't you say you put in an offer and there's like 28 offers or something 38 there were 38 offers that's 38 they had 50 showings over the course of like three days um 38 offers on a house and everyone's like write a letter yeah did that we wrote the letter you should put in an escalating offer uh-huh we went like way over did that too <laughs> to like, okay. we're, we're doing all the things we talked about the letter thing to be fair the letter thing i think works when there's like three offers on a house yeah right well, there's 38 there's 38 yeah um, they probably got like a they probably got like a book's worth of they letters. probably did yes 38 oh, offers um yeah, it's, it's at that point, like the market here right now, um, if the house is not sold in two days, I'm like, what's wrong with it? Yeah. Is it literally like built sideways? Like, is it, is it the, the crooked man's house? Is it? Yeah. yeah. Two days, two days. And mm-hmm. I've had two different real estate agents separately make the same two day comment as well. They're like, yeah, after two days, if it's still available, Something here's a reason. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's on fire when you're touring it. It's And there's some, yeah, like, oh, this house looks great. Oh, it's like structural damage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Major structural damage. Like, so let me oh. get this straight. I'm going to have to pay more for this house than it's worth. And I'm going to have to put like $50,000 in it. Correct. So no, house. thank you. So uh, yeah, house uh, hunting in a pandemic. Do not recommend. Uh, I'm rooting for you. I feel so bad. But yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's yeah. what it is. Yeah. So uh, today we're going to do another one of our Professional Book Nerds 2020 Reading Challenge tasks. Uh, we're going to do first book in a series. So Joan and I will go back and forth and give you some book recommendations for first books in series. Plus, if you are still kind of looking for things to do on weekends and evenings, since none of us are really leaving our homes, starting a book series, maybe not so bad of an idea right now, kind of giving yourself a long tail thing to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, 
We'll put all the books in the show notes, like always. And yeah, well, like I said, we'll go back and forth. And then if you want to get a hold of us, if you want some additional recommendations, just email us at fashionablebooknerds at overdrive.com or tweet us or send us an Instagram uh, at probooknerds. And I will say one more time, I think I mentioned this on Monday, but if you go to shop.overdrive.com, we have like a two-week sale on a really, really cool Libby t-shirt that has all the different Libby skin tones. Um, which is really cool. So if you want that, you can go to shop.overdrive.com. You can also get a professional book nerd shirt, but those are in there like, those are in there all the time. Those, this other one's just for two weeks, so. Right. And all the proceeds. Wait, is it only available for two weeks or the sale is for two weeks? So it's only going to be available for, available for two weeks. Just to give people some background, I kind of manage our shop, shop.overdrive.com. And anytime we put a new product in there, we have to pay like thousands and thousands of dollars ahead of time to um, basically produce the stuff. And we have a limited, we're, Overdrive is a big company, but they don't give me a lot of money to run an apparel shop. So um, a lot of people ask for the different, in Libby, you can tap her face and it, you can change the skin tone if you want from anything from like, like light skin to dark skin, sort of everything in between. Um, and like the standard image you see on graphics is it's almost like a, a yellow, like this, like this, like the, it's like yellow and maroon and teal, are like kind of the main colors. And we got a bunch of people asking like, well, can we have hoodies and t-shirts in the different Libby skin tones? And it wasn't <laughs> feasible monetarily to make all of them. So we made one right. shirt. And so then we, if we were going to print off like a bunch of them ahead of time, um, it was going to be insanely expensive because the shirts have like eight colors in it is that of nothing but um this way what we're doing is like a two-week kind of flash sale and seeing the interest in them and then we'll print them and if there's a big interest then we'll probably put them back on the site it's, i was unaware of that part so i yeah. should buy my shirt now then okay yeah probably yeah they are cool though i i, I ordered one so anyway that's the shop we, that's quite literally talking shop Hello everyone, my name is Matt Neglia, and I am the host of the Next Best Picture podcast, part of the Film Entertainment Awards website, nextbestpicture.com. On our show, we explore all year long what is possibly going to win Best Picture at the Oscars. We do this by conducting interviews with people within the film industry, holding weekly reviews of the latest theatrical releases, and on our main show, where we dive into various different topics, answer your fan questions, and also do our best to explore Oscar history's past in hopes that it will tell us something new for this upcoming award season race. We hope that you will join us on all of the various podcasting networks. We look forward to seeing you over at nextbestpicture.com. Okay, first night series. So we're going to start with, as longtime listeners know, oh man, that's why I should go to the office to get my Stephen King poster. <laughs> yeah, you should. Also, I can confirm because I go to the office like once a week. You have lots of books waiting for you. Oh, I should do that. Okay, anyway, um, big Stephen King fan, as we all know. <laughs> and I'm hearing of this. I know, shocking. Um, <laughs> For those who are not aware of my Stephen King poster, I have a poster in my cube that is the Stephen King universe, and it shows how all of his books are connected um, from Carrie up through Dr. Sleep, so not any of the more recent ones, but it's a very intricate 
it looks like a London underground map. Ludicrously intricate. It is very intricate. Um, one of my favorite uh, books from him in the series is Mr. Mercedes, um, which is not like your typical Stephen King, right? Because you think horror and sometimes supernatural. And Mr. Mercedes is like straight up noir type stuff. Um, and it's about an ex-cop, um, Bill Hodges, who was pulled in um, to a situation where a, a stolen Mercedes had um, plowed into a crowd <clears throat> at a group of men and women who were waiting in line at a job fair. And uh, it's so good. I love the series. It was turned into um, a television show, which I highly recommend. Um, and it's it's not your typical Stephen King. I know some people don't like Stephen King as the horror, and I usually recommend the short stories. And I would also recommend this because it's not, from what I remember at least, not super graphic. Um, I mean, it probably is a little bit, but it's not going to be like the horror graphic. And the characters are fun. And it's one of those books. It's a trilogy. When I got to the last one, I was like, cool. He did a good job with this. Yeah. <laughs> like closing it out. Mm-hmm. Plus, he never actually says, I mean, I think he names the city in the book, um, but it is somewhere in, in Northeast Ohio or like, it it might be like a Lorraine type of thing um, because he references both the Indians in Cleveland and then also Cedar Point seems like uh, relatively nearby. Um, Lorraine there's like is a, the center of those. Two. Right. So I think, I think, and it's, I mean, it's like a working class town, I think. So it's probably like a Lorraine, Elyria type of thing, but Every time I'm reading it, I'm like, oh, cool. So they're, like, in Cleveland. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. So that's Mr. Mercedes. Thanks. Uh, my first one is other end of the spectrum, uh, The Wizards of Once by Cressida Cowell. Uh, she wrote the uh, How to Train Your Dragon series. And this is really fun. It's, um, it's a, a fantasy. Uh, it's like a juvenile fiction fantasy. Uh, and... It's this world where there are wizards and warriors and they are clashing with each other and every wizard knows magic and every warrior does not except for two. There's the king of the wizards who can't cast a single spell and then there's the daughter of a warrior queen who happens to have like gifts that are very magic-like. And wouldn't you know it that these two young kids kind of come together and they, um, they are on the trail of this like deadly witch and um, just starts like big grand journey adventure that's it's fantasy and it's they're just really really fun and they're very it's a lot like the how to train your dragon where there's like there's action and adventure but there's also like just like shockingly like sweet and wonderful moments that happen that like as an adult you're like oh man that's fantastic and and they're also really funny and just the artwork is beautiful if you get the um the ebook or the physical version but i would recommend the audiobooks because they're narrated by david tennant which is just the best <laughs> he's so good at it um he's so good a, at everything he's so good at is everything. it his is it his scottish accent mm-hmm. like his natural it's his natural david Tennant accent oh god you don't yeah. hear that very often i know it's fabulous <laughs> so there's um there's four of them out right now i'm not sure if they're still working on additional ones oh yeah they super are because the fourth one actually just comes out this year we don't even have a cover for it yet it looks like on overdrive.com it's very new um so yeah the wizards of once by christina cowell those, those are just they're delightful i can't remember the first time i heard his scottish accent 
I was so confused though. Not confused, but I was like, oh, it's like Christian Bale. It's like when you hear Christian Bale's accent. That's off-putting. Yes, off-putting. That's the word for it. Mm -hmm. It was a little off-putting because I was so used to hearing David Tennant speaking a British accent for Doctor Who. Same thing with Spider-Man kid, Tom Holland. He's super British. Super British. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, um, my next one. So on this podcast, we talk about Penny Reed a lot. We love Penny Reed. And we talk a lot about the Winston Brothers series, yes. which you should read. Um, those are the ones where it's like the, the, the Winston Brothers. <laughs> and <laughs> each book is their, um, each, bro- each brother gets his own book, um, their romances. But she actually started with her Knitting in the City series, which starts with um, the first book is Neanderthal Seeks Human, which is about um, a group of women who are in a knitting group together. And like the Winston brothers, they all get their own book. And this one is about Janie and Quinn, and it is delightful. It is delightful. Um, I love this book. I love the characters. Janie is like quirky in that way where I'm like, oh, you make sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) And um, the group of friends is fantastic. And um, if you just need something like light and fluffy, and even if you're not a regular romance reader, I have another romance on here, I think too. Um, I I highly recommend that Neanderthal Seeks Human and the entire Knitting in the City series. Nice. Um, so my next one, got some fun news yesterday from, I think Nerdist released it, that says that uh, Stranger Things is not ending after a fourth season, which is delightful. There's going to be more, which is very nice. This upcoming year, whenever it gets released, is going to be the fourth season. And there are- Because I'm like making weird hand gestures that you can see and nobody I else can, can Yeah, see. exactly. Yeah. So this upcoming <laughs> season is kind of- upcoming season is the fourth one. Got it. Okay. <laughs> it's not going to be the last one. Okay. And so that got me thinking about the fact that there's also Stranger Things- uh, novels and it's they're kind of a series I'm sort of cheating a little bit here um, but they do technically connect in the sense that they're all connected to the Stranger Things uh, television series and they give you far more background into things that happen so the first one is called Suspicious Minds by Gwenda Bond it is delightful and it is it takes place in the summer of 1969 and it's way before the things that happen um, at the beginning of Stranger Things, since that takes place in the 80s. But it basically lays the groundwork for what happens with, um, there's this project called MK Ultra, And it's this remote lab in the woods. And it's near this city called Hawkins. You can probably see where this is going if you're familiar with Stranger Things. But it basically is the story of all of these candidates, quote unquote, that are brought together to see if they would they can kind of make superhumans more or less. And um, it's sort of the story of like the parents of Eleven. And it's just a really, really cool, it's cool to, to read this book where like it's, you could read it having never seen Stranger Things and you would enjoy it because it, you don't need to, but having obsessively watched Stranger Things for the first couple of seasons, it's just really cool. You're like, oh, I know who that person is. Like, oh, that's that creepy doctor. Like there's so many little connections and um that is that's like that's the first one and then there's um another one called darkness on the edge of town by adam christopher 
Um, and that is a story all about Hopper. And there's just, they're like slowly kind of churning out these Stranger Things uh, novels. There's a couple companion things too, but those are the first two um, that Suspicious Minds and Darkness on the Edge of Town, they're like directly connected to the stories and really add on to what's going on. So highly recommend those, especially it's we're coming up on Stranger Things time. I feel like October is like very Stranger Things time. So Suspicious Minds. Mm-hmm good stuff love me some stranger things um my next one is crime and poetry by amanda flower um first amanda flower is a local northeast ohio writer she's delightful i've been her a couple of times and she writes several mystery series this one takes place in a magical bookstore i mean what more do you need to know about this um so Uh, This is about Violet, who um, returns to her Grandma Daisy's um, (laughs) magical bookshop. (laughs) Who doesn't love a bookshop? Uh, It's magical. Yeah. Um, It's where the perfect book tends to fly off the shelf and pick you. (laughs) I could could work with that. Oh, my God. That makes uh, book searching so much easier. (laughs) Right? There's a cat on the cover. I think there's a cat on the cover of all of the books in the series. And course this is a mystery and it's very like cozy mystery um violet has every intention of uh going back to chicago she doesn't plan on staying in um in town um but then a dead man is discovered clutching a volume of emily dickinson's poems from the shop and the victim had put grandma daisy in his will so things don't look good for grandma daisy right now (laughs) and so violet um will have to work um, to make sure Grandma Daisy doesn't get uh, in trouble and get blamed. Um, uh, wrongly ac- accused of, of this murder. Plus, there's a tuxedo cat named Emerson. So. Oh, I love That's such a good cat name. It's a great oh. cat name. Oh, that Emerson's a very good gentleman. Mom yeah. Makes so, so happy. Yeah, it's the magical bookshop mystery series. But Amanda has a bunch of them. She has... Um, She's an Amish mystery series where all of the books are titled after candy, I think. <laughs> like, Assaulted Caramel, I think, is the first one. Stop it. That's so good. Of her Amish one. Yeah. Um, I think like there's sometimes, like... Assaulted Battery or something? Yeah. I think there's sometimes... Um, I've seen her at book events, and she has recipe cards. I don't know if there's recipes in the books. Don't mm. quote me on that, but... Uh, yeah, so Fabulous. good stuff. Um, so just like like magical bookshops and libraries are in our collective wheelhouse, I think the other one that I've talked about ad nauseum, Badass Lady Pirates. And so the first um, of this series, so the book Seafire by Natalie C. Parker is just like, it's so much fun. Um, it's, it's a young adult, I guess you could call it fantasy. I, I always... I don't know if it's like if a book on the high seas is like a fantasy. I, there needs to be like a high seas fantasy, like a ocean related mm-hmm. fantasy type of thing that should be its own little genre. But um, basically, there's this warlord, and this warlord killed our main character's whole family. Chalcedonia Styx is the main character's name, incredible name. And Chalcedonia uh, basically captains her own ship called the Moors Navis. And it's a crew entirely of girls and women just like her who kind of lost their whole family and friends and homes to this horrible, um, you know, th- this horrible warlord. And so 
like the whole series it's it's very straightforward it's an uh, it's a ansi's action where they're trying to avenge their families and it's uh it's this is such a good description by booklist mad max by way of davy jones like it's it's just fun and the ships not only is it like the ships all have like special i won't call them power-ups but it is it's almost like it's not just a ship it's like a ship that can electrocute all of the things in the water within 25 feet around it like, sure. it's just like exactly like each ship just has like a fun like Mega Man edition that you would get after you like move on to another level type of a thing. So, yeah, it's it's like another. I feel like a lot of my picks here are like palate cleansers, or like if you need something to just like it's gonna be fun and you're gonna enjoy these couple of books. There's three of them. I think they're all written now. Um, yeah, Seafire and Steel Tide are the other. Yeah, so Seafire is the series by Natalie, Natalie C. Parker. It's so much fun. You'll love it, and the covers are really really fun. Um, my next one is um, The Darkness Knows by Cheryl Honingford. Y'all, this is one of my favorite book series ever. Is 1930s Chicago Radioland Mysteries. Mm-hmm. What more do you need to know? Another good one, yeah. I, I really don't feel like I have to sell it any more than that. Um, I remember shortly after I started Overdrive, five years ago, source books came. Um, good old Margaret came. And this was one of the books she talked about in her presentation. And um, I was like, I need to have a copy of that. Yes, please. Thank you. (laughs) So there's three books. It's about um, Vivian is an up and coming radio actress. And um, she, again, radio land murders, somebody dies. And um, she has to work with the charming detective, Charlie, um, to figure out what happened. It's, I love, like, there's something about 1930s radio. I don't know what it is. It's delightful. Yeah, no, it's, it's such a good, it's like, I don't know. I just, it's, you can like picture yourself sitting, listening to one of these mysteries, like by a fire and like an old timey radio. Yeah. I'm right there but you. I also love how they do these live, right? Like you yeah. would, like you could go, if you lived in the city, wherever the radio station or wherever the show was, um, taking place taking place i guess yeah i mean it's live and they would have like live audiences watching and you could like sound effects and everything oh yeah something about something about 1930s radio Mm -hmm. radio land murders good stuff uh what was the name of the book again the darkness knows uh all right so my next one is ace of shades by amanda foodie it's the first of the shadow game series long long time listeners will remember i think i did that interview by myself with amanda um she wrote a book called the daughter of the burning city that i love so much and it was this incredible traveling mysterious dark circus that's like the size of a city and she'd built this whole huge world and i like specific i almost like angrily asked her i was like why is this only one book why is it there more in this world how dare you how dare you (laughs) i I, accuse this very wonderful author of I was like, write more stories in this world. And she's like, I'm building this other series that I want to get to. That's like the, for my real passion project. And I was like, why well, don't, there's no way it's going to be as good. And it is, it's just as good. Ace of Shades is the first of that series. And again, I think all three of them are out now. Yeah, the third one came out this year. Um, I'm on fire with this. <laughs> so there's this um, city called the City of Sin. And it's very, it's like Las Vegas-esque, but it's a fantasy um so these casino families like reign the whole thing and there's gangs all over the place um and 
it's just like there's a lot of dark things that happen and the main character um she's raised as like a proper young lady um and no young lady would visit the city of sin which is called new rains um, but her mom goes missing and she has to kind of figure out what's happening so she goes and follows a trail to this terrifying city um, and meets this boy who she kind of falls for but kind of doesn't who's sort of like a street lord and like a con man kind of a thing um, but they end up like there's this it all circles around this really really dark game called the shadow game which is like basically like a card game where <laughs> you sort of bet your soul. Like it's just, sure. it's super wild, like but it's do. like, yeah. But that's another one of the, like all of these things I feel like just like cozy, comforting things. Like if I were, was having a lazy Sunday afternoon and I saw oceans 13 or oceans 12 mm-hmm. was on, I'd be like, I'm going to watch this in its entirety. Cause I love fancy things set in casinos. And that's another thing you and I share is love for casinos. I totally uh, did that last week, by the way. I watched all the oceans. Yeah, they're so good. Like, and that's exactly what this, you know, the, that's what these books, the shadow game starting the series reminds me of. It's like a casino-y, like underbelly type of a, of a story, but there's also fantasy stuff to it. So it's delightful. So Ace of Shades by Amanda Foodie is quite enjoyable. Um, my next one is my second romance on this list, and it's An Extraordinary Union by Alyssa Cole. It's part of her Loyal League series. So in this one, Elle um, is a former slave with a passion for justice. It's, I should say it's a Civil War era romance series. <laughs> okay, that's good. Just so we're clear. Um, she's a former slave with a passion for justice, and um, she is trading in her life of freedom in Massachusetts. She returns to the slavery in the South, but she does it to act as a spy for the Union Army. And then we have Malcolm. He's a detective for Pinkerton Secret Service. Um, He also does spy-like stuff, um, but right now he's facing his deadliest mission yet, which is risking his life to infiltrate a rebel enclave in Virginia. So these are two undercover agents who share a common cause and an undeniable attraction. And Malcolm and Elle join forces when they discover a plot that could turn the tide of the war in the Confederacy's favor. So caught in the tightening web of wartime intrigue and fighting a fiery and forbidden love, Malcolm and Elle must make their boldest move to preserve the Union at any cost, even if it means losing each other. I've talked about Alyssa Cole before. I'm a huge Alyssa Cole fan. She writes amazing romance books. She has a a suspense book coming out soon, which I'm very excited about. And An Extraordinary Union was like on all the lists of like best books of the year when it came out. Um, So you should definitely read it. Um, Okay, so... I was going to do the Red Rising series by Pierce Brown, but I feel like I've talked about those ad nauseum. But seriously, if you are a science fiction fan, there's now like, there's either five now or six of them, but they're two separate trilogies. And the first, but the first, like the Red Rising, the first trilogy is like the best science fiction I've ever read. So if you want to check that out, go ahead. That Those are great. But you could probably just go to our website and search for the words Red Rising and see like 13 episodes. Right? Probably. So I'm not going probably. to. Probably. Um, but The Queen of the Tearling by Erica Johansson has, I, I can't, it's been out for a while and I, it was released in 2014. So I don't know if we had, if I ever talked about it because it had been out for a while when we started the podcast, but 
it is the beginning of a trilogy and it's um, the main character's name is Princess Kelsia and she's raised in exile and then on her 19th birthday she basically gets told like you're in charge of this whole realm now and she's like what is going on and like she's described as like plain and serious she loves books and learning um, and she looks nothing like her mom who's this queen Um, but she has to figure out how to lead this realm and of course there's you know like there's knights and there's magic and there's all sorts of stuff going on but what I really really love about these books is Kelsia despite being uh, like she's a a female protagonist um, and and who's like in has to fight herself has to defend herself and fight against this like dark red queen but she's not the type of female protagonist where like she starts unsure of herself and like finds herself like she's from page one like I know who the hell I am and I'm not going to take any bullshit from you. And like, she just on every step of the way is just like dunking on all of the men in the books left and right, which is just very, very refreshing and nice to see. And the whole trilogy is really, really great. It ends the way that the third one ends is like a complete left turn. Like it was extremely, I think risky of Erica to be like, here's how I'm going to end this series. And I imagine her editor was like, are you sure? But it, it works and it's really, really good. But like, it just, it's com- it'll completely change how you looked at the rest of the series, but it is delightful. And it definitely, it's one of the few books, I feel like there's a lot of when trilogies come out and like the third one, they're like, I'm going to do something completely different. And you're like, this is a departure from the series that I liked, but it's this one, it works really, really well. So the Queen of the Tearling is delightful. And I'm now realizing much like you, I basically had like five fantasy series. So sorry. This this episode was surprisingly hard because I feel like I've talked about all the series I've read. Yes. And I didn't want to do that. So I'm like, what are series I read a while ago or have not read recently and mm-hmm. don't talk about. So I started this list with a detective um, type story and we're going to end it that way. My last one is A is for Alibi by uh, Sue Grafton. Y'all, Sue Grafton. <laughs> is well was she unfortunately died um a couple years ago she is the author behind the alphabet series and it starts naturally with a um spoiler alert alert. um it goes up to y um and she's uh a is for alibi came out in like 1982 and then y is for yesterday came out in 2017 so it's like very long you know like almost 40 years (laughs) of the same series right so this follows um kinsey milhone and it um wow i'm having trouble today all of a sudden Mm -hmm. uh yeah so so kinsey is like this um tough talking former cop she's now a private investigator um she has a detective agency in um california and she's you know like um sort of like an atypical. like when this came out in the 1980s she would have been sort of like your atypical woman she's um she's twice divorced she doesn't have a lot of personal possessions and like no personal attachments to people so um she's a really 
great character that I love and her books are so fun. And so, uh, yeah, if you're looking for like a very long mystery series, we can keep following the same detective. Check out the alphabet series. It does end with Y though, because Sue unfortunately died, but this is like a classic. Like when it comes to like the good mystery series of, of modern literature, mm-hmm. yeah, the alphabet series. Yeah. I have a much shorter one because the second one is it's only the second one is out, but I believe there's going to be a third one after that. Um, my last one is called The String Diaries by Stephen Lloyd Jones. Um, this also came out in 2014, and I remember being like, this was like definitely one of those books that like made me like reinvigorated my my love for like suspenseful stories. So um, The String Diaries opens with um, this woman named Hannah like frantically driving through the night, and she has a daughter asleep in the car, and her husband's bleeding out on the seat next to her. Um, And then there's like all of these diaries in their trunk that goes all the way back to 200 years and they're like tied and retied with string. And um, they carry rules for like, for survival that have been handed down from mother to daughter literally since the 19th century. Um, And what it is, is there is this shape-shifting evil that is constantly after their family and has been since the 1900s or the 19th century rather. And it, the, the book jumps timelines back and forth from present day to Oxford in the 70s to Hungary in the, in the 19th century. Um, and you slowly but, sh- but surely kind of learn all about how everything is connected and how these diaries um, are designed to not only keep them safe, but maybe defeat this very, very dark and awful evil. And it's, it is really, it's in the villain in this, is one of those villains that like you will hate them so so very much like I found myself it's I love when you can read a book and the author can find a way to write an a villain so viscerally horrible that you're like actively angry about them that's why mm-hmm. I love the Ken that's why I love the Ken Fallout book so much because like the villains in them are like truly horrible people and that is exactly what the string diaries by Stephen Lloyd Jones has like just just awful villain and on top of it being awful it shapeshifts so it can literally be anybody and you have and you get points of view from the villain as well which is very interesting so yeah that's my last one is the string diaries by stephen lloyd jones uh okay so those are all of our book one in a series as a part of our professional book kids reading challenge recommendations um anything else going on in the world you want to talk about i don't think so uh, i don't think so either okay Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden 
at the twilight of World War II. And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.